Good evening and welcome to my view from the rim. Happy New Year. It's the 4th of January. Today I wore my um, Three Kings tie for the last time for this Christmas season. I get away with that because in Spain they celebrate the Day of the Kings, El Dia de los Reyes, which is the 6th of January. Which they celebrate is when the uh, the magi magi arrived from the east, and so it gives me an excuse to keep my nativity up for a few more days. It'll go down starting Sunday. Both the nativity inside and the nativity outside. Again, happy New Year. And Feliz Dia de los Reyes, which is on Saturday. I wanted to begin, I actually had a a fairly well planned out view that I wanted to to discuss at the beginning of the new year. It kind of hovers around one of my favorite uh, talks. Actually, it was not a general conference talk, but it was a talk at BYU devotional by uh, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. And I probably will get to that because we're going to kind of merge a couple things here. But I wanted to begin I'm looking because I see a little glass of screw laying on on my desk and I had to make sure that that screw was not missing from my glasses that I have. Sorry about that. I'm also having a double chocolate uh, Creole Brew, not a sponsor, but always glad to hawk the product. Not my favorite. Again, this favorite, is, of course, is the Spanish Uber Dark Roast. Uh, but the double chocolate actually is pretty good also. I wanted to begin by talking about the temple, the house of the Lord. And specifically, experience and experiences that I've had there over the past few months. But today, I wanted to begin with something that was very special. But yet, it's something that always appeals to me when we sing this hymn. And the hymn is number 26 in the hymn book of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which, by the way, is... At some point in the probably nearer future rather than far future is going to be getting a substantial um, change in that they are adapting hymns uh, from all over the world, translating them, uh, as well as probably sorting some arrangements, taking some uh, music out of the current hymn book. Always a lot of trepidation with that, of course and perhaps redoing some arrangements. But for now, the it's hymn number 26. It's entitled Joseph Smith's First Prayer. And this song really, really struck me. I had the opportunity in preparation meeting today in the temple before, uh, as our shift was beginning, to be able to lead the music. And the organist played beautifully. She played a very, very nice tempo. In fact, a tempo that I love. However, it is it is a little bit faster than what most people are used to playing it or singing it. And so it took those that were singing a little while to catch up. 
but she did a great job of following. And I just, you know, when, when people were struggling a little bit, I just sang a little bit louder so that they could hear the tempo, even with the organ. And so here it is. We're going to attempt to sing it. I'm no promises, of course, as ever. But I did want to, it, it had such an impact on me as I was singing it today and leading it today that I wanted to share it now. Oh, how lovely was the morning. Radiant beam the sun above. Bees were humming, sweet birds singing, music ringing through the grove. When within the shady woodland, Joseph sought the God of love. When within the shady woodland, Joseph sought the God of love. Humbly kneeling, sweet appealing, T'was the boy's first uttered prayer, When the powers of sin assailing Filled his soul with deep despair. But undaunted still he trusted in his heavenly Father's care. But undaunted still he trusted in his heavenly Father's care. Suddenly a light descended, brighter far than noonday sun, and a shining glorious pillar o'er him fell, around him shone while appeared to heavenly beings God the Father and the Son, while appeared to heavenly beings God the Father and the Son. Joseph this is my beloved. Hear him. Oh, how sweet the word. Joseph's humble prayer was answered, and he listened to the Lord. Oh, what rapture filled his bosom, for he saw the living God. Oh, what rapture filled his bosom, for he saw the living.
God. How that song has an impact on me. The message, even though it's not spring, gives a promise of spring. The promise of a light shining into all our lives. In response to a simple request for wisdom, following the counsel in James 1, verse 5, if any of ye lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. Now, there are those that, that of course, question what Joseph Smith saw, and that was the true in his day as it is today. People say there's no such thing as visitations of angels. And certainly, no man has seen God, right? And then you talk about the fact that there was God the Father and his son Jesus Christ as two unique personages. And yet this is no different than what Stephen saw. No different. Those who claim that the days of miracles and visions are long past it's so sad, for miracles abound. And the truth is, that by the power of the Holy Ghost, we may know the truth of all things. It's out of Moroni, of course, of the Book of Mormon and other Testament of Jesus Christ which is what is the main focus of the Come, Follow Me program this year, uh, the study program for the Church of Jesus Christ. And as I was working in the temple today, and I was pondering the song which brought tears to my eyes, and apparently, from what I was told, a, a huge smile on my face, the thought came to me, which I'm going to have to ponder over. I'm almost afraid I know what it means. And like so many in the past, I'm reluctant to really explore it. And the thought was,
when will you be ready Now, I didn't take it as some might as in, when will you be ready to prepare to meet God? That's not how I took that thought. My perspective of it was that, Phil, when are you going to stop fooling around? And start doing the things that you know you should be doing. And stretching beyond a certain comfort level. You know, because we all get comfortable, right? And this is something that I've used many times when I've taught. Is that our spiritual progression is actually best described. In my view, everybody has a different view, but I think that if you, if you hear me out on this application, that you'll perhaps understand as well that our spiritual progression is simply us trying to go up a down escalator. Now, the escalator is not moving so fast that we can't make progress. The speed is adjusted so that we can make progress. Some of us are, are supercharged in our faith and we're practically running up the steps. And so we're going to find some extra challenges along the way as we do that. Some of us perhaps are not that strong and are very timid in our faith. Not that we don't have the faith, Because here's the thing, whether we have the faith of Paul or the faith of the father whose child was unable to be healed by the disciples, whose faith was struggling. and asked the Savior to help him in his unbelief. The escalator is suited to us. And as long as we take one step after another, we can make progress. However, the key is to keep making those steps one step after another. Because as soon as we start feeling that we're making progress and that, you know, we're doing pretty good where we are right now. And so we stop trying to improve. What happens? We're on a down escalator after all.
pride is what would cause us to pause. Thinking that we're doing enough. My friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, even if we are doing all that we can do in this life, no matter how hard we are working, at best, we are counted as unprofitable servants. Let that sink in. We cannot rack up a score that will guarantee us a, a place in heaven or the celestial kingdom, however you want to refer to it. For it is by grace that we are saved. Those who have the capacity to feel the Savior's love, which I strive to feel, towards all, friends, people I don't know, people I do know but may not be huge fans of, We have to love all, especially those that do not love us. We have to step out and not judge those around us. but seek out ways to minister to them. And with that, again, I, I want to just morph briefly. Um, I'm going to talk about it later on in another episode. But I, I mentioned a talk previously, and I'm going to add a link to the description. Jeffrey R. Holland, entitled simply, Remember Lot's Wife. Whether you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ or not, This is a discourse that I would encourage you to listen to. Because when I say that we should not judge and that we don't have the capacity to judge others, let me just stress 
the one person we definitely should not ever judge. And that is ourselves. We should strive to make improvements. Absolutely. We should make honest assessments. But we have to remember, we are not the ones that will be judging us in the last day. It will be he who has suffered and borne the sins for all mankind, who loves us so much that he was willing to die for us. And as we allow the healing balm of that sacrifice, to heal our wounds, to lift us up, for the Savior to take us by the hand is when we can become who we were truly meant to be. This is my view from the room. Have a great night.